0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now, here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 167 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast coming to you on June 14th. What's going on,
0: Raj? Like I said, I'm full up on Legend of Zelda. <laughs> for for folks who aren't gamers right now, it's E3, which is pretty much the biggest game conference. And it's been Legend of Zelda all day. All freaking day. So I'm Legend of Zelda. There was that 45 minutes of Pokemon. That was too much Pokemon as it was. It was funny because <laughs> we're, I was chatting with Joe back and forth, too, and we're watching it. And then after a while, because they just teased a little of Legend of Zelda and then Pokemon. And then Pokemon. And after 45 minutes, we're going like, seriously? Enough. 45 minutes is enough. Go back to Zelda. Little did we know there was like five hours of Zelda following Pokemon. (laughs) And that's when you realize, oh, they really held back on that Pokemon stuff. (laughs) Other than that, I've been having some fairly interesting discussions with Tim on Twitter from All Comics Considered regarding how Marvel has been handling people of color and mm-hmm. having them killed off and everything. It was actually a very interesting discussion. Tim's a smart guy. Yes. That's the thing. And we agree on it. I mean, it's not, you'd have to be some kind of jackass to say, no, no, they're right to kill off all the black characters. <laughs> like there's something wrong with you. The fact that Brevard said, we thought about it, but figured this was still the, better, <laughs> the good thing to do. You're like, no, you jackass. No, <laughs> no, it was not the right call. Uh sad, sad industry that we deal with here. It really is, yes.
1: Well, somewhat on that topic of uh
0: I said that up. Minority you know that characters. Right. Yeah. Thank that was you. like a softball.
1: But 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 I was like, well We're not killing him off, so I (laughs) want to stay away from that train of thought, though. Uh, You had mentioned that you wanted to talk about some Black Panther comics because he's a big breakout character right now between the Civil War movie and the great new series that's being published by Marvel, written by Tenahisi Coates. So I'm like, cool, sure, I'll find some Black Panther comics to talk about. Knowing full well, I've read very few Black Panther comics, but I'd always heard— That Christopher Priest's run on the character from the 90s into the early 2000s is one of the definitive – runs of Black Panther. So, okay, we're going to do Christopher Priest, Black Panther. So it launched in 1998, written by Christopher Priest, art by Mark Teixeira and Brian Haberlin. And this launched under the Marvel Knights banner, which was in the uh, very late nineties. I think it started in 98 as Marvel was going bankrupt. They actually outsourced the publishing of some of their comics to Joe Casada and Jimmy Palmiotti, their small company. And they published them under the Marvel Knights banner which was Daredevil Punisher Black Panther and the Inhumans basically the comics nobody was buying from Marvel anyway so they figured they'd let these guys you know take their shot at it and they approached it in a very different way from what Marvel was doing bringing in a lot of lesser known talent to do things their way to try and move Marvel in a different direction and as we've seen it's pretty much worked out for Marvel given that Joe Quesada is now practically running most of the company and a lot of the guys he brought in like brian bendis are still there as well so the marvel knights is kind of what saved marvel and this was a big part
0: of that i got nothing i'm waiting for you yeah Yeah, sorry i I took that opportunity
1: to take a drink of water okay all right right. (laughs) so what we had here was priest's take on the character and it's funny. Like, I've read some interviews with Priest leading up to this and how he was really excited to get that call from Joe because he knew Joe was publishing the new Daredevil comic. So he thought he was going to get a chance to write Daredevil. And of course, Christopher Priest, is, Christopher Priest is Black. So he's like, of course they offered me Black Panther. <laughs> it's like I was so disappointed because, you know, he didn't want to be known as the Black writer. He wanted to write a variety of characters. But of course – nobody would hire him to write the white character so figured if he's going to write the black panther he's going to write the hell out of black panther because prior to this over the years black panther had become such a background character at marvel he was just the guy that was there with the avengers that didn't really have cool powers and he really wanted to bring black panther back to like the regal stature that you know he should be as a character you know very smart very interesting very dynamic so we have this interesting story here, and it's funny reading this because, at least through the first couple of issues, Black Panther isn't even the main character of his own comic. We have this guy Everett Ross, who's you know a dignitary charged with you know just making sure T'Challa everything goes smooth for him when he's over in America. And Priest himself has said he's like, yeah, we did that on purpose because we wanted white people to read our comic. <laughs> We knew that they that we were going to need a point of view character for the masses to step into this comic because, as you said, Black Panther we knew wasn't a big selling character, and a lot of that is the fact that white people don't read characters or comics starring black characters. So they put Everett Ross in here as kind of that olive branch, if you will, to try and draw people in. I, how did you feel about
0: it? I hated that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I Not only did I hate it, – it, 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 it's a flimsy excuse first and foremost. Even if there's some truth to it, which obviously there is, you're not going to get past that bigoted um, response by continuing to force to, – to feed the audience exactly what they're they, – they, that, that bigoted – attitude i'm not phrasing it properly but you know exactly what i mean it's a hard thing to discuss without sounding rude well no i don't mind sounding rude because this like i i did not like a lot of this story and i really hated the narrative i hated the narrative the Mm -hmm. the 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 character of everett ross was annoying the narrative was bouncing all over the place as well, which was a partially something having to do with the character, but also partially with the story, how he tried to lay it out, the pre that the writer tried to, to lay it out. And so it kind of bounced around frantically. Things did not always seem to make sense. it I felt, honestly, that much of this was very poorly written. And then you get the blatant racism thrown in periodically and other elements that just did not flow very well either. So overall, I really didn't enjoy this. And like you said, too, a large part of why why I didn't enjoy it is because this wasn't a Black Panther story. Mm -hmm. Like he's – Ross is retelling. Once again, there's something that never works either. Retelling this story of what happened. And then you're flashing back and forth. And so there were too many points where I'm like, well, this is just, you know, it's stupid. Or again, going back to the narrative of the Ross character or how it bounces when he's retelling the story to his boss and this like when you got a scene where it's like naked banjo time, you're going like, shut the hell up. And then when you're looking at the quote unquote villains as well, way too much of it was just stupid. It was just stupid. I just, I couldn't get behind the idea of sitting on a couch with Mephisto for a moment. is like, oh, that's kind of cute. But when it drags on forever and there's pairs and pairs of pants on the ground, you're going like, you took a joke mm-hmm. and Force fed it down our throat till you were at your elbow down our throat. It just was not that funny, and then different other elements where he tried to insert humor were stupid. Were just it was lame. So there was far far too much of this that I really did not like at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. <sighs> And it's sad because I think the Black Panther story they were trying to tell here is one worth telling and could have been interesting if it was the focal point of the narrative.
0: Yes and no. I wasn't crazy about, again, the the, the main villain in Wakanda who was taken over. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when you're like they're making this big deal about that dog at one point, you're going like, seriously? Like, what? How? That's Stupid! The big plot twist at the end is like, oh Christ, we haven't seen that before, and this whole idea of putting these these two women that are his guardians that are like, which they point blank say they're almost legal age, but we're mm-hmm. gonna draw them the like they're freaking twenty something year they old look, yeah, hookers, they look well into their twenties. And so, like titillating over teens, you're going like, "Oh, for crying out loud!" So there was just too many things that i I thought were really poor cliches or poorly written, and that I just could not get behind. Like, like you said, had they just taken the the Black Panther elements, you know, really tightened it up and made it a better story and a better villain? Sure, the idea of being kind of having to stay in Brooklyn because can't go home. Okay. It's not like we haven't seen that before, but make it work better. And so, yeah, far too much of this just did not resonate with me at all. And it's not because I didn't want a story with a person of color in the lead. That's exactly what I wanted from a black Panther series. <laughs> so I hadn't read this obviously because this was published after I would stopped reading comics. Right. So I had not read any of that stuff. And when I was reading comics, I don't even know if there was a Black Panther running at that time. But I really had not read much Black Panther at that point because they'd kind of been publishing for a little while and they kind of stopped as well. And that period of stopped was essentially the time when I was reading comic books and I hadn't gone back to read them because he just wasn't written as cool either. So, I mean, now you could write the <laughs> out of a good Black Panther story.
1: Yeah, I think the the Coats Black Panther, I want to say it's volume six. So this is the sixth time they've given him his own solo series because he, he just doesn't stick. And, you know, There's whether no that's for that. because the comics aren't good or because of the fact that he's a black character, I don't know. Hopefully. God, I hope it, we're moving in a direction where that's no longer a determining factor.
0: It can't be because he's black anymore. Him being black certainly can have an impact on sales where it's not selling as much. But put it in the hands of a good writer that will really do well with it. There's no reason why it can't succeed anymore. Well, again, look at the sales of the the first issue we're talking about not that long ago. It can do Mm -hmm. well.
1: I mean – I kind of have to assume that Priest and company found their way on Black Panther because it did go for I think I want to say 53 issues all written by him which I mean by today's standards a comic making it to 50 issues with one writer is unheard of unless your last name is Bendis and even that doesn't happen that often so I, I obviously something with this comic was working I don't know maybe down the line I'll Check out some other story arcs and see how that worked out. But yeah, yeah, for me, like the biggest issue here, aside from the stupid storytelling, is that so much of this was still like f- had that '90s aesthetic, both with the artwork as far as how the characters were represented. Like you said, the Dora Milaje, which Priest actually created, uh, this was their first appearance. Which I love the Dora Milaje as a concept. They're just you know badass. <laughs> African warrior women was not the love there, and he like said like the the style of narration, these huge blocks of text. Like there was a lot of very '90s stuff about this, so it'd be interesting to look at some more comics from this creative team, you know, a couple years down the line and seeing you know if it changed or how it changed. Because like I said, for it to go that many issues, they had to have been doing something right.
0: Well, the talking about how it's set in its time, the Ross character is basically Michael J. Fox. I mean look at oh, priest him
1: priest himself has flat out said Everett Ross is Michael J. Fox meets Matthew Perry.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's what it is. And so you get that from how he speaks as well. And that doesn't always translate well to a written format. So when you're reading it and it's all over the place, it's like ha ah, stop it. People don't talk like that. And then the artwork, oh, some panels, spectacular. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones, you're like, what happened here? Did your child draw this? Like the shot where he's throwing the football. What happened there? <laughs> People <laughs> don't look like that. A human being is not shaped like that. It just, yeah, there were a lot of things where you look and think, hey, that looks awesome. And then some others, you're going, what is that? <laughs> That's just wrong. So.
1: All right, then. As for what else we've been reading, I got to be honest, Roger. I haven't been reading anything lately. (laughs) I have had so much extra free time just because I'm not reading comics anymore. There's an entire publisher that both of us have written off.
0: That frees up a lot of time, let me tell you.
1: But here's the thing. Even if we hadn't written off said publisher, I would have stopped reading their stuff anyway because they're giant don't call it a reboot issue was literally the dumbest and kind of offensive things I've ever read. (laughs) So I would have written them off anyway. And then with Marvel, it's all civil war all the time. And it's, I, I, like I said last week, it's even by Marvel comic crossover standards, it's stupid. And as we were discussing at the beginning of the show, it's got a lot of problems of its own, not just on the central focus of the story. So it yeah, I'm not reading much. <laughs> well, all right. What then. I did read though, Darth Vader's still cool. You yeah. I I can't really say much more because it's you know, what can we say that we haven't said over the previous twenty issues? It's awesome. The robots are the greatest thing ever. Doctor Aphra is a great character. And it's Darth Friggin Vader being a badass. Love it. And then I did against Better judgment. against all intelligence. I read the first issue of the Gods of War miniseries, which is a Civil War II miniseries, but it's spinning out of the Hercules series that I actually really enjoyed. Nothing happened in this issue. Like literally nothing happened. He showed up to the big battle at the beginning of Civil War II, got yelled at by a bunch of heroes, and now he's back moping in his apartment. Like I, I understand it's – Bridging the gap between the end of the Hercules series and this little mini and but this specific issue did absolutely nothing narratively like, OK, I see where what they're doing now, but I didn't need 22
0: pages to see that. You know, I haven't read any with the exception of the issue zero of the Civil War two stuff.
1: You ain't missing anything. Well, that's I the thing. That much.
0: I, I've heard from people who are telling me about it and I've been reading some stuff online a little bit. But I kind of decided a while back because it's one of those things where I've got a crap load of comics to read only so much time in a day. Plus, I've been reading more novels as of late too because I kind of slipped off and hadn't been reading as much lately. And kind of decided, you know what? Just because we do a comics podcast doesn't mean that I have to be reading every single event Mm -hmm. that's stupid, that I know is stupid, and that I would only read in order to be able to keep up with the canon. And so I kind of thought, you know what? No, screw it. I I don't have to waste my time on these things. If if it was good and everything I was reading was saying, hey, this is awesome. You need to be reading this. Then I would feel differently. I would go up, make sure that I'm keeping up with it. But – everything about this is I'm hearing nothing but negative. So it's like, Nope, not interested. I'm i am not wasting my time. Same as with the DC stuff. What's the point? <laughs> like seriously, yeah, there's
1: literally no point, no
0: point because I don't want to discuss them.
1: Throw it all out in five years anyway. Yeah.
0: So I, I'm not going to waste my time. So forget about it. So there's other things that I would like to be getting caught up on. And that's what I've been reading. So then
1: what have you been reading? Uh,
0: well, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because we've discussed it at length and I'm not yet caught up, caught up. But I literally went back and I've been reading all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again uh-huh. because I had allowed myself and to get away. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I let it slip and I just have not been keeping up. And so I'm finally rectifying that. And instead of just going back and kind of reading off from where I left off, which I easily could have done. I thought, you know what? No, I need to refresh my memory of everything that's happened so far. So I started back from the beginning. So I'm still working my way through. I'm, I'm, I think about 12, issue 12 or so. So enjoying it just as much reading it again now as I did originally, which is saying a lot because again, I like the turtles. I was around when they came out. I love it. My wife loves the freaking turtles because she remembers with our, our eldest, the introduction to the turtles with him and watching the cartoons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, she wants to watch TMNT 2. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be really, really bad. But she wants to watch. It. So we will. Well, let's be honest. It's probably not the worst movie you could go to see in the theater right now. Right now, yeah. And so – um So, yeah, so I've been reading those and really enjoying it. I also read, as I said I would, (laughs) the Sherlock. (laughs) How was it? It was a manga of the episode. (laughs) So that was a little disappointing because I was expecting. So it was pretty much just
1: like a a, a one-to-one?
0: I would have to rewatch that episode. Like I'm quite certain there's stuff missing here because there's stuff that I recall that is not in here certainly. But I didn't read anything extra in here that wasn't in the series. Right. So – and that's what I had hoped would be in there. And so, I mean, it's gorgeous. Freaking gorgeous. Although some of the shots of Sherlock when he's excited, you're going like, that is the most anime Sherlock I've ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> Sherlock doesn't does. look
1: anything like Benedict Cumberbatch. It does, actually. Again, okay. some of the
0: shots are really quite done. And the Martin Freeman character is, looks a little less like him. It looks like him still, but it's, again, far more of an anime version of him. Mm-hmm. But the Sherlock, yeah, some of the, the smiles he gives up, you're going, okay. Yes, he's effeminate, but not quite that effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a while to rig- figure out. Because some of the – again, some manga you read um, right to left. Right. But some of the ones, no. You still read it normal – I shouldn't say normal but westernized, left to Mm -hmm. right kind of thing. This – and I say right from the get-go, I don't read a ton of manga. So this is is quite likely obviously normal. I just didn't have a clue. You flip (laughs) the pages going left to right but the panels on – the page are actually read going right to left. What idiots published that? (laughs) It took me a while to kind of figure out because I'd be reading them going, "This, this is not making sense what's happening. And then I realized, oh, and you have to be very careful when you're looking at the panel layout as well, because if there are, say, two panels on the right, one's on top of the other one with a larger panel that takes up the same space on the left-hand side, you need to read first down and then left. And so it kind of, once you realize,
1: Which, you know, we would know if it was published left to right, like exactly. that's the way you do it. It's just, it's you have to trick your brain.
0: In, very, very much because again, it's not rocket science. It's just, Oh, hold on a second. I'm reading the wrong and then go back it, again. It's, It was fun for, for anybody who is definitely a fan of the Sherlock series, Sherlock period, but the Sherlock series, especially, which we're massive fans, then yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to read, especially because it's been a long time now, especially because they don't release freaking episodes for like years. (laughs) So it's been a while since we've seen this, this episode. So again, it was fun to read, but I had really hoped that there'd be more to it than that. All right. One more. What was it? Oh, the finale of Grizzly (laughs) Shark. I read read the first two issues. I had to read the third one.
1: It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen and I loved every page of it. (laughs) It was
0: it was so ridiculous. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. But, like you said, Listen, if you're gonna do something, you do it. you don't half ass He does not go half ass Let me tell you. he really does not go half ass so yeah, it by the point when the shark
1: was driving
0: the boat yes. to get back to shore <laughs> it's It's when the one of the guys, the father gets cut his arm or shot. And both the shark and the bear look over and the shark just pushes the bear in the water. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, ridiculous, but fun. And that's in a very violent way. That's what comics are supposed to be. (laughs) That's it for me. All
1: right. Well, this week's new releases from Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man number 14, Black Widow number four, Civil War 2 number two, as well as Civil War 2 X-Men number one. Deadpool number 14, Nova number 8, Star Wars number 20, the new Star Wars Han Solo kicks off with its first issue, and I don't know if this is a mini-series or a one-shot because the uh, solicit didn't specify, but vote Loki number one. Meh. It can't be worse than Trump.
0: No, it really, really cannot.
1: From Image, a great week from Image, Descender, number 12, I Hate Fairyland is back with issue six, Invincible, 129, Lazarus, number 22, and low 14. From Dark Horse, a series I've actually been looking forward to, Weird Detective, number one, uh, written by Fred Van Lenti. It's a Lovecraftian investigation sort of thing, except the detective also happens to be one of the old ones. Hmm. From Dynamite, we have the third issue of the Dresden Files Wildcard miniseries. Lots of stuff from IDW. Back to the Future, Citizen Brown, number two. Dungeons and Dragons, Shadows of the Vampire, number two. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 59. Transformers, number 54. And then another Transformers spinoff, Till All Are One, number one. And finally from Valiant, A&A, The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong, number four. And Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, number eight. So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at cbinformer. And until next week, thanks for listening.
0: I wonder if they have a variant of that Loki issue where he's wearing a hat that says "Make Asgard Great Again." Oh
1: my god, if they don't, what are, what are <laughs> missed, we even doing? Missed
0: opportunity. What, what are we even doing? <laughs>
1: Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.